I'm Bob Sorokonich. I'm Chris Perkins. And I'm Travis Okulski. This week on the Road and Track Podcast, we have Alex Zanari discussing his first run at Daytona 24 in his hand-controlled BMW Emmy. With us also is Tom Plasinski from BMW, and we'll start with Alex showing us the custom steering wheel he'll be using with hand controls for his race car. So this is just for you, right? They swapped this in when uh, you get yeah. in the car? Yeah. Uh, okay. Initially, the idea was actually to consider the option of having uh, a single steering wheel for all the drivers, but mm-hmm. I did suggest actually that uh, <laughs> uh, they should second guess because in reality, in the middle of the night, something may go wrong, mm-hmm. you may lose the car, yeah. and to regain control of everything when you're tired, when you have other cars around you, with stuff that doesn't belong to your normal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tools is uh, it could be it could be the difference between uh, recovering or having a a, a drama so right. yeah and the, the extra time uh, that uh, that it takes in the driver change to to uh, change the, the 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 steering wheel is actually partially compensated by the fact that I'm faster in huh. getting out and in the car <laughs> than in than my teammates mm. because with no legs I can hop out in really no time. Right. But, so uh, well, that's something we want to talk about. The video that you, you saw the video of the driver channel. Yeah. We lived it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's how did you? No, but it's it's an interesting comment because the yeah. first time I saw it myself, I was struck because it really looks like a dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like was how much practice did it take? You haven't done a driver change in a race in a, I would say a considerable amount of time. Um, uh, my, my my first and only experience was uh, goes back to 2015 where I was uh, invited uh, from BMW to to participate to the Spa 24. Okay. Yeah. Um, but up to that moment, I've always driven any car uh, as far as you know my disability uh, with a special brake pedal that I would push with my prosthetical leg mm-hmm. with the force of my hip. Basically, I was generating the the, the force it takes to to apply pressure on the pedal mm-hmm. and uh, that solution was was good technically speaking it allowed me to to, to perform well to win races uh, at different levels but uh, to stay in the car long enough as it takes uh, into a, an endurance race to mm-hmm. put up with the quantity of driving it takes it was very hard in mm-hmm. fact uh, that was the main limiting factor so Right after the race, uh, we had a conversation with the engineers and they asked me, how can we make you a better endurance uh, driver? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you have to enable me to, to drive the car with no legs, without the prosthetic legs, so to do mm-hmm. everything with my hands. And uh, so they start to, you know, uh, think about what would be the set of controls that we right. would have to create. Um, and then when the idea uh, was uh, became a project of driving uh, in this event in Daytona 24, yeah, I really went up to Munich to sit again with the engineers and it was a long meeting mm-hmm. where everything was brought over the table and we walked away with, uh, with some ideas. We were all square on what we had to do and three weeks later I went back to Munich to test these controls that were realized into a mock-up, mm-hmm. into the shop, 
and to be honest with you guys, I was amazed because everything was just right, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah. Hey, it's Bob. Just wanted to pause for a second to explain what Alex is showing us. He brought his custom-designed hand control steering wheel with him. Uh, to accelerate, Alex squeezes a paddle behind the steering wheel with his left hand, and to brake, he pushes a lever mounted to the center console with his right hand. Uh, to shift, he uses a paddle with his right index finger, and engineers added a special extension, Alex calls it a horn, uh, to the left-hand side of the steering wheel so that Alex can move his left hand to the 10 o'clock position, which gives him a better control over the accelerator paddle in sharp right-hand turns. This was not yet carbon, uh, maybe uh, we didn't have this horn, mm -hmm. which you may ask yourself, what's the horn for? Mm -hmm. The horn is because, you know, when I apply power, mm -hmm. I mainly use my uh, left hand. So when I'm steering right, it's not a problem. Even if I go this, mm -hmm. I, I, I always, yeah. not only I can always reach the, the throttle mechanism, but I have, I still have good sensitivity. Right. But when you go like this, um, right, right. so instead I can change my grip on the wheel huh. and I can do this. It's amazing that ah. just that, that little extension can make such a difference. Yeah, exactly. Huh. And this and this was just an idea, hmm. but it works. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I imagine. You think about it. I mean, when you sit in, into a car, take a normal road car, mm -hmm. and you just take for granted that everything is in the right place. But right. how many people have changed things around before handing to you what you what you have, what we all have? Mm -hmm. You know, I I was in Donington several years ago, and I went to visit the museum, and they had this. Um, like race car from the very very early 900 mm -hmm. um, where the gear stick was in the middle of the driver's leg <laughs> <laughs> and you ask yourself why would they put that thing right there <laughs> uh, it's such a bad idea but they didn't have a clue because it was the beginning right there so, was no standard exactly exactly so I've been to a certain degree a pioneer mm -hmm in developing things that nobody have ever needed mm -hmm. before. But I think we've gone a pretty long way. And, uh, and of course, uh, perfect would only be to, to go back to my mom and say, can you give me some new legs? <laughs> <laughs> Absent that, this seems like a good solution. <laughs> but yeah, uh, downshifting, I can still downshift this way, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in reality, when this end is busy operating the brake lever, yeah. I can't reach back to downshift. So we have a trigger mm. behind the lever itself, oh, cool. which enables me to do the downshifting. Huh. And uh, yeah, so that's that's part two of the innovation is is the yeah. is the hand. Yeah. So it's, a hand, it's a handbrake, hand. but not <clears throat> Tokyo Drift. It's not <laughs> Tokyo <laughs> Drift. No, no, no. It's actually a very sophisticated system, but completely. Uh, mechanical. Mm. There's no electronics, no power assistance, mm. nothing. Oh, interesting. So that yeah. way you get you get feel. You know how hot the brakes are getting, yeah. and you know when you're running out of brake, and you know. Because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't you have just brake bias as well. Yeah, and in fact, when I show up at the in Munich, and I sat in that mock-up, and they asked me to apply, what I would assume would be decent pressure that mm -hmm. I could repeat several times, and I went like. And they were there with the computer hooked up, and mm -hmm. they all laugh. 
and I didn't understand why they did because they were very very scared because uh, all the engineers all the engineers they tried themselves to sit in the car prior to my arrival uh -huh. and all they could reach was like 40 bars <laughs> in the system and you need uh, 70 to 75 wow. normally mm. up to 90 mm -hmm. in the system so I went like 120 and they said oh <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so we don't we don't have to modify anything but mm -hmm. um, actually when I drive uh, what uh, helps me greatly is the deceleration mm -hmm. because like with the weight of my arm I'm falling on the lever mm -hmm. right so in reality uh, it's much easier when I drive than when I uh, you know, uh, test the lever itself right, in, right. in the garage. Right, because you actually have that force helping you. Exactly, exactly. But that is the main difference because in reality, as I said, you know, physically speaking, to wear my prosthetical legs, mm. the socket covering my wounds, it's uh, it's really hard. Mm. I remember spa, you know, the socket stays in with a sort of vacuum effect mm. and I have a valve uh, to take the air out basically I press in I push this button the air comes out and then suction cup exactly yeah. but when you start to sweat the sweat takes oh yeah the room and pushes the leg out and that's <laughs> not nice well, that's, your yeah, that's not nice <laughs> yeah. so while I was driving in the middle of the straight line I would remove the valve press a couple of times get all the sweat out push the back, <laughs> valve back in sometime I, it wouldn't go so I had to reach with the other end and I was Driving with my elbow. That's got to be extremely distracting. One mile an hour, you yeah. know. That was not nice. So, uh, that's why we ended up having this conversation. And, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I don't want to exaggerate, but I think that uh, it really changed my life, physically speaking, from night to day. Mm -hmm. Or day to night, if you want. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's much, much easier. I mean... I had a test two weeks ago prior to the last one we had mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the purpose of the test for me was to get familiar with the car, with the circuit, so mm -hmm. the team uh, allowed me to have a lot of time in the car and I did a double stint in the morning to start with, uh, just to warm up, <laughs> two hours in the car, yeah. driving at speed in the wet and then in the afternoon I had another double stint, John Edwards stepped back into the car mm -hmm. for a quick stint and then he ended the wheel to me again and I had another double stand. So hmm. I basically covered like more than six hours of hot driving hmm. uh, in a single day um, with very little breaks. So huh. that's good preparation. Uh, yes. And uh, I mean, I, I could have never done that with the with the the way I was driving the car hmm. uh, before uh, before this last uh, changes we've done and all the other complications you see it's stuff that doesn't belong necessarily just right. to me it's uh, it's normal bmw yeah right switches <laughs> triggers stuff that so you've got like throttle maps and yeah oh boy this guy is so complicated <laughs> I'm not out of. I don't belong to this generation. <laughs> <laughs> to me, you know, it's there is there is one additional piece. So, because the car is a three pedal car, so the yeah. the drivers have to clutch yeah, when they get to stop. 
your car has has a centrifugal clutch, so it's, oh, okay. it's like your basic big go kart clutch. Right. And, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. And it works uh, really, really well. It's like oh. an old Citroen. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. All the other drivers are quite impressed too. They said, "Oh, we want to keep this in the car." No, one less thing for them to think about. Absolutely, because it's huh. impossible basically to stall the engine mm-hmm. right. into a pit stop. You do a hot stop, mm-hmm. and something goes wrong. You have to check the throttle a little because maybe there's a car coming, and it's yeah. very easy in that moment, you know, to stall the engine. Mm-hmm. With that clutch, is basically impossible. Huh. So. <laughs> so it takes away the great equalizer of us. <laughs> it's stuff. It's good. It's good. Well, do you have to th- do you have to like think of the driver? Is there like a particular do you have to think of the driver order in a certain way to make sure that this like because there's how who's who's in the car with you again? It's Johnny Edwards, uh, um, Jesse, Chaz, Jesse Cron, and Chaz Moster. And are you all about the, like you're about the same height? I guess. Well, no, in yeah. reality, no. Uh, it's a good point with Jesse. Uh, we have the same seat insert, mm-hmm. but whenever I change and I step out of the car and John goes into the car, since he's much taller, yeah. um, we have to remove that insert and mm. uh, see this John Edward C. Mm. So smaller fits into bigger, <laughs> bigger doesn't fit into smaller. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I'm smaller than, uh, than John, he suspects, but I'm the same size as uh, as uh, Jesse right and uh, Chaz is kind of in between so he has his own insert but in reality going back to your question the main problem yeah we have some complications I have personal complication in executing all the things mm-hmm. but in reality it's just to memorize everything because right. to me I mean I said it yesterday because uh, they were showing me data and using language mm-hmm. that is very familiar for them and I thought they were talking about something else. <laughs> and I said, guys, okay, probably in this paddock I am the driver who has the most mileage under his belt as far as driving a race car, mm-hmm. but as far as specific experience with this car, with this organization, in this championship, I'm zero. I'm uh, I'm a rookie, yeah. <laughs> 52 years old rookie. <laughs> I mean, a very fast rookie. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, this is the main problem to 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 do things uh, together mm-hmm. with teammates who are very experienced, mm-hmm. which is a huge plus. Don't get me wrong, but on the other end, it could also be uh, a problem when they step in if they are used to be helped to buckle belts uh, or to plug the radio or to do stuff. So, uh, for instance, Jesse, Jesse Cron, is a sort of magician, that guy, because not only he drives very well, but it's multitasking. He does his own belts, he can do the radio. Mm. He, he always spares some time to probably polish the screen and, and <laughs> do stuff like this, right? So, at the beginning, I practiced with him, mm. and he was doing his own belts. But then John, <coughs> since he's very tall, he has a problem to look down with his helmet for some reason, <laughs> right, and right. he needs to be helped. Right. So I said, we gotta set the same procedure, because, I mean, right now, I'm fresh, 
Mm -hmm. I just had a good night's sleep. We are practicing. Everything mm -hmm. it's uh, it's okay. But then how about in the middle of the night when I'm tired mm -hmm. and uh, Jesse doesn't want me to do belt. John wants me to do belt. Right. Uh, Chaz wants me only to do the lap belts. He does the shoulder ones. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I agree. We on should something. we should really <laughs> try. Uh, I should really try to serve as everybody else does, mm -hmm. so I am sure that I will not forget right. uh, something for uh, for somebody who needs it, and uh, and it's getting better. Mm -hmm. The more exercise we do, the better it gets. Mm -hmm. uh, the good thing is that none of uh, the team members thought that uh, not only I could step out of the car sufficiently fast but that I could turn back and go back and serve uh, to do something. Right, right. And they were very surprised when they saw me <laughs> stepping back and going and mm -hmm. hanging on the car somehow. And uh, and so, yeah, it's cool. We're all excited about this. Yeah. Fantastic. Man. Why, um, so we had heard that it was also, that you were given an option of Daytona or Omaha. Is there any, why Daytona? Well, uh, it was not really like an option, but uh, it all goes down to Christmas party in Munich a few years ago, mm -hmm. where I was there with two great friends who happened to be also my bosses, Jens Markert <laughs> and then Jörg Kottimeyer, and uh, the party was over. We all had, uh, actually I didn't because I had to drive home, uh, but they had a glass of red wine and they said, uh, uh, the M8 uh, was a project at the time, and uh, and Jens said, Alex, if down the road uh, we want you to get involved into into a long race distance like the Daytona or Le Mans, <laughs> <laughs> which one would you prefer? Mm -hmm. he, he probably thought I would I would say immediately Le Mans, right? right. But I said Daytona, uh, with no doubt, because um, don't get me wrong, Le Mans is a great event, and being European, I heard a lot about it. I know very well mm -hmm. uh, which type of event that race is and represents. But these countries where I was able to turn my life around mm -hmm. for the better yeah. is where I got my opportunity, is where I live my best moments of my racing career yeah. is where I developed a following from fans who supported me and who made it all possible. Mm -hmm. So I feel I belong to this place much, much more than than Europe. Not because Europe didn't treat me right. You know, a lot of people say, oh, Formula One didn't treat you right. It's evidently more my fault than anybody else's, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, but for some reason, here is where it happened. So mm. here is where I want to be. Here is where, mm. you know, when you have that game that you really enjoy, you want to have another go. Right. And uh, for me to, to be able to, uh, to to participate to the Daytona 24, it's a great opportunity to have another go at something mm. yeah. which uh, changed my life uh, uh, you know, from a normal to a marvelous one. Mm -hmm. You also can't do donuts at Le Mans, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not allowed. It's, apparently, it's not allowed, from what I've Really? Heard. Yeah. 
They don't want you to do burnouts or anything. So can, can you do donuts with this wheel? Do you know? We try. Yes, we're, uh, gonna, we're, we're renaming a button down, the donut button. Are you really? <laughs> <laughs> In anticipation, this is, the one. Do no, there, this this is the one. Traction control off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just pull the thing off and. Uh, and uh, and then the car should have sufficient power on the trunk. <laughs> I believe it. To torture the Michelin type. That's fantastic. Huh. <laughs> It'd be great if the donut So that means you have to drive the last stint. You can't just start doing donuts. I tell in the you, if we race. win the race, I will rip whoever is in the car <laughs> out. <laughs> That's why they practice the driver change. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So, well, so I will just step in next <laughs> next uh, to him and, and give him instructions yeah. uh, <laughs> how to do it. <laughs> so if uh, if Daytona goes well, do you do you then maybe think about Le Mans? Um, the privilege of my life is that I don't have to think; I have to choose. <laughs> and uh, and don't get me wrong; it's uh, it's a huge privilege. In fact. I only have, like everybody has, 24 hours a day, mm. and uh, and I have to make choices. And not always my choice is what everybody would think is is uh, is the most logical. Mm. In fact, in 2009, I was driving for BMW Italy at the time in the WTCC World Touring Car Championship. I was getting paid. Uh, reasonable amount of money I mean uh, <laughs> I had a beautiful car underneath me but uh, I had already discovered this new passion of mine which was in cycling mm. and uh, yeah and I kind of uh, decided that I wanted to chase a different horizon and I mm. didn't know where uh, what exactly was going to happen mm. but I was very curious to, to find that out so I went up to Milan to meet up with my friends and I just told them, informed them um, that uh, if I wanted to really uh, investigate and, and try to raise the level of my game in that new field, I had to, I had to find the time to do so and, uh, and therefore I had to make a choice and, and so I decided that I wanted to put on hold all my motor racing uh, projects and uh, even my wife I think at the time didn't clearly understand that choice because it didn't look very wise you know I was I was doing what a lot of people would dream to do for their entire life and that was almost almost, almost normal routine for me uh, to, to, to drop that in favor of what the hell is it? And cycling? What is it? <laughs> a little yeah. bit less of a following than motor racing. But uh, when you do something very, very passionately, then uh, then it may happen that you also drag others into follow you mm. to what you're doing, mm. and you may end up even with more glory <laughs> than you would have had mm. had you had stayed on that on that road. Because this is what happened in reality when I won my gold medal in London, uh, which actually happened in Brands Edge, <laughs> motor racing yeah. circuit, <laughs> that was like an hour and a half away from the Olympic Village, so on that bus trip back to the Olympic Village, I couldn't just keep up with all the phone calls that were coming mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. and there was this weird <coughs> number with only four digits, with a 06, which is the code for Rome, mm -hmm. 
you know, always on hold, always on hold. But I was receiving so many calls. I said, who the hell is this guy? You know, and when I got to, you know, the Olympic Village House, Italy, they went, hey, where the hell have you been? President Napolitano is trying to reach for you. <laughs> <laughs> so was the president of our republic, you know? <laughs> and you put him on hold. It's this guy. <laughs> so, just oh, to say that uh, that uh, when you when you do something that makes you happy, you do it well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because uh, you want to do it to the best of your ability. And uh, when you do something well, of course, if it's uh, something that uh, it's a, it's it's a, it's a sport that is already very exposed. Mm. it will automatically expose you mm. more but in my life I had even too much exposure you know I had uh, I, I don't get me wrong it, it, it fills my heart with pride to know that people support me but people mm. whenever they see what I do they say wow that guy is really something else but it couldn't be the reason why I do this all I do it because when I step into the MA, I'm a happy man. It's as simple as this. Mm-hmm. When I go through the gear down the straight line and I pick up speed and and I feel the grip of the tire and I brake hard and I see the lights, the locking lights going like <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I you know, I I just uh, I'm just happy, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, when I see the dash showing me love time and it's a good one mm-hmm. and I come back to the garage and everybody's going like oh, man, that old fart is fast eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's hmm. uh, it's nice you know and uh, of course uh, not only I'm very very proud to represent BMW uh, but I feel that the responsibility uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself mm-hmm. because uh, because I've been chosen uh, from a very uh, important brand like BMW and BMW North America is really having their sight on this project uh, um, with, with I think from their side too a lot of pride for what's going on at the moment mm-hmm. and what, uh, what we can really achieve together which is not necessarily the win. Don't get me wrong. If we win, it's, it's better, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 beyond that. Is uh, proving that you know uh, these abilities are very relative uh, thing. You know, we are all disabled in reality. You are. You can't fly. <laughs> Neither you do. You, you can't run faster than a cheater. Nobody does, you know. But with our intelligence, we have figured ways to, to do all the things that we want. And, uh, yeah, I have no legs, so what? You know, just find a way to go around the problem if we can't jump mm-hmm. over it. And uh, these are the moment of the solutions. And I'm sure these solutions down the road could serve an option, a possibility for a other disabled drivers mm-hmm. and someone uh, cannot be granted an opportunity just because he's disabled mm-hmm. because that would be acting for pity mm. but if a good disabled driver comes along 
Now he can step in my car and prove how good he is, you know, mm -hmm. because this car now can be driven uh, also from other disabled drivers, mm -hmm. where in the previous case, with the set of solutions we had, it was just made for a very unique beast like I am. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it must feel, um, it must be a good feeling to, to know that you're helping to devise these things that will make this possible for other drivers down the road. Um, uh, actually, it goes beyond that because um, not that I did it at the beginning for this reason, but I'm certainly proud to see a guy like uh, Frédéric Sausset who drove mm -hmm. in Le Mans with a uh, quadruple amputation. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, I believe his disability did not allow him to push the car at the same level as his teammates, mm -hmm. but nevertheless, he was doing really well. Yeah. And uh, and quite honestly, I think FIA would have never even consider allowing him to try to do something like this mm -hmm. prior to my venue. Mm -hmm. Because huh. I remember the very first lap we had, uh, uh, two hours into the, my very first test, I spun and I ended up in the gravel. Mm -hmm. And uh, about three fire truck arrived, four ambulance, oh all the cars. <laughs> everybody was like, wow, he's gonna die. Mm. You know, everybody was so concerned because this is what ignorance leads you to mm. feel, mm -hmm. you know, fear. You f what you don't understand, you just fear what you don't understand, you know? Right. And, uh, the fear was very high that I was dangerous not only for myself but also for others. Mm -hmm. I remember when I went to to the commission who had to examine me as far as giving me the medical certificate to to release me to drive, mm -hmm. and there was a number of doctors, uh, an unpre unprecedented number of doctors for this type of situations, and they checked me everything they checked my head everywhere and i said guys i lost my legs i didn't lose my my head you know <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's understandable because they were looking for a good excuse to say no sorry you can't drive ah uh, so they were looking so that would close. have solved the problem right from their right. perspective but now you know you take a guy like billy munger okay mm -hmm. he's yeah. had an accident he's lost uh, uh, part of one of his leg the other amputation is a little more severe, but so what, you know? Everybody's very much uh, prepared to, you know, yeah. to give him a possibility. Right. And uh, of course the guy, the only thing he needs to do, he needs to prove that he's a good driver, it's as simple as that. Whether When I restarted, it wasn't the case. And this is why I'm very grateful to BMW, mm -hmm. because it could have been exactly the same thing for them. We don't need this. We are BMW. Okay, a little more exposure would would be good, but the price is too high. How about if this guy mm -hmm. has an accident in one of our cars? Right. And instead, they took the time in listening to me, in finding a way to technical way to mm -hmm. to see whether the problems could have been solved. And when they saw, yeah, it is technically possible. Well put the green light on on the project and so mm -hmm. this is what I really appreciate these days now we are cashing uh, some good results together excuse me but uh, 
but uh, I think it goes back to the day where my very first test, I remember, I was asked from the engineers, what do you need? And I said, well, I have no legs, I guess I have to do everything with my hands. <laughs> but uh, that was to drive a 320 with a manual H pattern gearbox. Mm. So I had a big steering wheel, big ring underneath for the brakes, big ring over the steering wheel for the throttle. Mm -hmm. This hand was busy downshifting and operating the clutch. Mm. So since I had to blip the throttle, going into the turns, brake, the yeah. only thing I was left with to steer the car in was my palm. Mm. So after the first run, I stop and I look at the guys who were like, how's it going, how's it going? Mm. I said, boy guys, if you give me a little sweeper, I will hold it with my teeth and clean the cockpit while I'm driving. <laughs> it's the only thing I have left available, my mouth. You know? <laughs> so. You've come so a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this really does seem like the best technical solution to for you to drive. It seems like this is yeah. like absolutely, you know, the fully evolved. Right. Yeah, and again, you know, it's like uh, what I was saying about the museum in Donington. You know, mm -hmm. when when you explain this, everybody acknowledges that mm -hmm. yeah, it's a pretty logical way to to handle the controls and mm -hmm. and the things, but. It takes the idea, you know, it doesn't come like... Uh, the, the bottom line is, is as simple as this. I think technology, science, computer, which is the most emblematic uh, or most representative uh, thing for uh, when you talk about technology, computers can answer, uh, can give you great answers. Mm -hmm. uh, but we never have to forget that uh, human beings are capable of making the questions, right. you know. So we gotta we gotta make ourselves questions, and uh, we made ourselves the right questions. And luckily, BMW has all the technology mm -hmm. to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, this is the answer, and it's a pretty good one. So I hope uh, I will be able to serve uh, BMW Team RLL. Uh, the best I can, uh, quite close to the level of performance of my mates, and uh, hopefully we'll have a good race. Awesome. Cool. What? Uh, okay. What's your favorite pasta? That's awesome. <laughs> the one I make. <laughs> the one, what do you make? Uh, Just anything. Well, I had uh, for the, for uh, New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife made me. Uh, fix uh, tagliatelle. Okay. My mom made the ragu. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna enter into a competition with my mother in the ragu. Uh, <laughs> not at all. But as far as making the pasta, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good because I Very got strong. pretty strong arms, <laughs> and it takes uh, it takes some strength to make uh, good uh, uh, good pasta. Right. That's what I'm lacking. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta start exercising. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, that kind of nice segue, like, I mean... <laughs> to what? <laughs> well, let me ask okay. it first. So, what are, what are the training processes, like, the sort of strength training? Do you have to do different things now, getting back into a car, versus what do you have to do for cycling? Uh, not really. I think uh, what I'm doing on a daily basis for, uh, for my paracycling... Uh, uh, for my paracycling ambitions, <laughs> it's uh, it's plenty to drive uh, to drive the car. As I said, you know, physically, 
Yeah, everything is improvable. In mm -hmm. fact, after the first day of testing, uh, the only muscles that were a little sore were uh, the one of my left arm, mm -hmm. because I don't have the habit of doing this movement, mm -hmm. yeah. which is the lightest, right? Mm -hmm. right. Very light. But nevertheless, Six hours you, but until uh, I, I left the circuit, mm -hmm. I was busy doing other things and I didn't notice this. Mm -hmm. Just when I went back to the hotel, I realized that my 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 muscle were a little sore, mm -hmm. but I couldn't carry on driving. So, in fact, this car, it's quite physical, mm -hmm. but uh, along the 2018 season, I was asked to do a race in DTM, mm -hmm. is the German yep. Deutsch Touring Mastershaft, yep. what it stands for. German but that car has nothing yeah. to do really with a touring car, you know, right. it's, it's a real race car and uh, that car is very physical. Mm. Uh, some of the drivers that BMW had in that car for the first time, uh, they had to call the test because uh, they were done wow. mm -hmm. after like 40, 50 laps. Mm -hmm. And so they suggest when, when, when we decide to go to Vallelunga, which is a very friendly circuit nearby yeah. Rome that I know very well um, to get familiar with the car. We had the circuit there for two days. So Jens himself said, Alex, you should really do some special training because we had situations in the past where we had to stop the test. Mm -hmm. So he got me a little concerned. But then in reality, what stopped the test was the fact that uh, we ran out of mileage with the engine. <laughs> <laughs> we did almost uh, 800 miles in two days. Wow. So and you uh, were more durable than the car. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it was cool. And I, and I really had a blast because that car, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a great car to drive. Mm -hmm. It's a real race car. And it reminded me a lot of the Indy cars I was driving over mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, back in the mid 90s mm. you know a uh, lot of downforce very powerful right uh, very muscular car nice uh -huh. not to say that the m8 is not as much fun it mm. is a lot of fun right but uh yeah the m8 is a little too complicated for me actually the m4 <laughs> was more simple <laughs> it's supposed to be the other way around this car is very sophisticated you have so many things you can play with mm -hmm. as far as electronics mm. and uh, of course all these items are great instruments to, mm. to tune the performance of the car but when you don't have the familiarity uh, it's difficult to know what they can do for you right. so for me right now this is the area where I'm struggling the most because as far as pace I think whenever the car is more or less right Mm. Every time I have stepped into the car, I was not that much far behind mm. my experienced mates, you know. Mm. So, yeah. So do you prefer not to make those adjustments while you're driving? Is it? No, I do, in the sense that uh, I'm not the smartest guy on the planet, but I'm not an idiot either. So I know that <laughs> if you go like to engine braking or you change this function I know what it should do so while I'm driving I feel what the what the problem is and I say okay this is what could help me in this situation and nine times out of ten it does in fact helps you hmm. but you know there are no 
uh, in motorsports, when you drive a race car to the limit, uh, some problems can be really uh, driven by uh, other causes. You know, mm. for instance, uh, you feel the car being too stiff or being too soft. And sometimes you feel the car being too soft. In reality, the car is too stiff. Mm. And the, the reason why you feel the car is too stiff is because uh, suspension is uh, inducing movement in the tire mm. that is completely under uh, uh, uncontrolled. Ah. Tire does not have any damping effect. You right. cannot control that movement. So the tire is a spring. Mm. So you want to. You know, you want to try to incorporate as much movement as you can, as you possibly can, mm. into the shock absorber, into the spring and the shock up, in the suspension of the car. Right. Take away that movement from the tire and tune it, mm. you know, with the movement of the suspension. And when the car is, is too stiff and it starts to move on the tire, right. the driver may have uh, the impression that the car itself is just too soft. <laughs> reality is the other way around <laughs> and this is a heavy car also right. you know in comparison to like a formula one formula one weighs half right. uh, the, the weight of this car mm. so yeah you have to grow your own specific experience mm. in order to also be helpful in giving the engineers the right feedback right. to right. tune it and to make it a better one mm. And how's how's been getting used to Daytona? Because I don't think did you ever race there um, no. in the nineties? No. How, I how? I just raced on the oval mm -hmm. with the IROC. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was a very brief experience. <laughs> so. So yeah, it's uh, it's a fantastic place. Mm. Uh, there are some corners where my personal problems are difficult. You know. Deal mm -hmm. uh, like the bus stop chicane mm -hmm. where you have to brake hard but gently. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> where is the line between hard and gently? <laughs> and uh, you have to downshift while you're letting the car roll into the corner with a lot of speed. And while all this is happening, to have only one end on the wheel, mm -hmm. it's not it's not easy. Yeah, right. And if the car snaps sideways, uh, it's not easy. Right. But. Yeah, I'm getting there, <laughs> and uh, and in fact, uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, when we were here at the test, that was my weakest point, and uh, just thinking about it, I came back, and that became the place where, in fact, at the beginning, the very first session, I was the fastest of all <laughs> in that corner. So, yeah. That's it for our conversation with Alex Zanardi. Make sure to watch him and his team at the Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona. And make sure to subscribe to the Road & Track podcast, Road & Chat, wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.